Welcome to uh, Dipped in Tone, everyone. This is episode 44. My name's Rhett. My name is Zach. We didn't even plan that. We just rolled right into it. My God. Oh, Look professionals. At us. Look at us. If anyone out there knows a good uh, podcast producer. <laughs> we need somebody. Desperate need. Not a joke. We need a producer because we're, we keep having ideas. We're like, oh, we're going to add this to the show. And we're going to do this. Uh, but because we are remote... It is a logistical nightmare to get this. Let me just explain some of the signal flow here to you guys, because uh, you, you people that listen to the show, you're technically minded. You understand signal flow. You're smart people. So we're gonna we're gonna bring a segment into the show this week um, that one of our our listeners or a few of our listeners actually deemed. Uh, it, it's like NPR's former show Car Talk. Do you ever listen to Car Talk with Click no. and Clack the Tappert Bros? You never listen to Car what? Talk, Zach. What? Is that a podcast? <laughs> oh my god! Are you serious? I okay. Do you know I do not listen to podcasts, and I no, it's not a podcast. It's not what a podcast. It? it was an NPR show that w- ran for decades. No, oh, no. Every Saturday, car talk, click and clack. The Tappert Brothers people would call into their radio show, and they would describe issues that they were having with their cars. In the most hilarious ways by trying to describe the sounds that their car was making. Uh, and then these two former mechanics, they were brothers. They're from the the Northeast. I think they're from Massachusetts, right? Somebody can correct me. They're great, huge personalities. And then they would tell people how to fix their cars or what to do with them. And it was great. And you never heard it? Mm-mm, no. I've never listened to NPR. <gasps> like, I'm, I'm busy. Right. I'm doing stuff. I'm not like I'm just, just sitting around li- listening gonna... to... <laughs> People yammer on about their Sack. mechanical issues. What? No, I, I like I don't like if if I'm like just hanging out and listening to music, or I have like a video in the background, and that's been it's been that way since like I found YouTube. Oh so no, I, I I don't know. I just don't. I listen to NPR every morning. That's the podcast I listen mm-hmm. to. Or NPR. No, because it's great, dude. Car talk legitimately is some some of like the best radio programming ever. It's amazing. You should look up. I'm sure the episodes are on YouTube somewhere. It's great listening. It's so good. I'm sure it's fine. And like I, I I'm just so apathetic about all things. Oh just my like, god. I, it, I I don't know. Jesus people, Christ. Uh, people okay. in the chat. It's sad that I've never heard it. No, it's not. It is sad. You know? It is sad. How it is, is it sad? sad? My it's life sad because it's like an American so institution. Good. The car talk was like an American media institution for 30 years. If it was such an institution, why did I never hear of it? <laughs> because you live under a rock, okay? Mm-hmm. I leave a very uh, fulfilling life. <laughs> I'm legitimately upset by this. Anyways, the whole point of this discussion <laughs> is to bring up the fact that uh, we're going to try and rip off car talk here on Dipped in Tone. And uh, we've got our lovely Patreon uh, supporters here in our discord chat in a uh, in a stage in a waiting room and we're gonna we're gonna answer some questions live on the air we tried to do this last week in a very um well very interesting way we're gonna try it this week in a slightly more sophisticated way that may not work <laughs> yes i'm using like three different interfaces and bluetooth and a whole situation here that you can't i don't know that you can even hear it so i might have to like relay the question to you we're gonna figure it out it's gonna be a good time <sighs> maybe someone in the chat can like type it out God. so and speaking of chat thanks to all our patron 
supporters for hanging out with us on Discord. And uh, Dave Jordan in the chat says he's never heard of it either. Dave, and, uh, you can you can kindly see yourself out <laughs> after that comment. My uh, God, we'll, we'll start our own Discord. The Dave, disrespect, the just the sheer disrespect for car talk is just. I won't stand for it. I won't have it. See, when I was like younger and like ha- had to do stuff with cars, I was actually just like working on them, you know. So you should have been you listening know. to car you're, you're talk out there while listening you were to the radio, and I'm out there like car. actually working on the car. Sure, you know, uh-huh. I'm like creating my dream vehicle. <laughs> like what? For example, my Ghostbusters car. <laughs> oh, where is it? I didn't realize you finished it. Oh, okay. No, it's not. But I was working on it. <laughs> Back when I had time to listen to the radio. Okay. You know. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, anyways. Okay. Well, how was your, how was your week? Uh, man, just, uh, you know, another flurry of, of pedal building. But it's been weird. Like, the transition to the shop has been fantastic, and it's also been very difficult for me. Like, every day when I come home, or when I head home, I, I feel this, like, weight that I've not done enough that since I'm leaving and I can't come back, I mean, I could, but you know, that's a lot of time in the car every day. Like it would be a real pain. I I just feel like I'm not accomplishing anything. And we are, you know, but the fact that I don't have that, my shop and all my things that allow me to, to do creative things in this space, um, not at home anymore has been, a transition. Like I, I've been wanting to work on pickups. I can't do it in the garage because it's a cave and I can't see anything. So it's all here, you know, and uh, wanting to work on pedal designs, but I, I, I can't experiment or build anything because it's all here. So that's been kind of rough actually. And it's been, it's, it's been a stressful time, but we're going to Chicago tomorrow morning. We're going to drive. So we're going to hopefully get a little bit of a break. So you're going to drive just to go to CME. You're going to drop in no. and say, Hey, and then head home. But the fact that I'm going to CME means I can write off that gas on <laughs> my taxes. Hey, you know what you could listen to in the expense. car and the drive to uh, Chicago? Um, you're married, aren't you? So you understand that. Oh, and you don't have a kid. So you don't know the decisions that have to be made in a car with a child. <laughs> I have a dog. Kind of oh the same my thing. God, no. Dude, uh, I, Matthew listen. and I are just going to beat Parenting, you in the head with a diaper. It's, it's probably fine. What I'm saying is, though, that you and your lovely wife could open your minds and expand your listening horizons by turning on a little car talk. Oh, God. No, it's thanks. The, uh, I'm going to send you some stuff on YouTube, and you're going you're, you're gonna to change your mind. It better be the funniest shit I've ever heard in my entire life from. It is. Our, our friendship's going to go down a peg. It is. I'm, 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 ne- I'm, I'm not going to help you with your light level on this. <laughs> I don't think we should talk about that publicly because it's really okay. I will say I I took yesterday off because I forced myself to have a day off because we've been like burning the candle at both ends over here trying to get the video course done and banking videos ahead of time to have some time to work on the video course this week. So I just I literally played Destiny for like six hours yesterday and I increased my light level pretty substantially. Where was I last time we played? I was like twelve thirty something, twelve forty, like. To, yeah, uh, low twelve thirties. I think I'm, yeah. I'm like almost twelve seventy now. So, oh good, put in a good yeah, day's effort yesterday. Once you pass twelve fifty, then it starts to it starts yeah. to wrap up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, Jesus. All right, now that half the people have left, um, my week was fine. Just did video stuff, and there it is. So, well, awesome. 
Oh, we have cool. a rig yeah, to dip? I, uh, well, okay. So we've been getting a lot of rigs, right? And people, they have the subject line, fight, fight, fight. And I, I don't want to, we maybe should abandon this track because. Okay. People just aren't getting it. <laughs> I like what I'm going to show you today, I think is the prime example of what we're looking for. Because, like, some people are sending rigs that, like, they think no one else might enjoy. But, like, you and I are going to look at it from a perspective of this could work for this or this is great because of that. Not a what's going on here. And what I'm going to show you today, RJ sent me this and I had oh, forgotten great. about it. Um, great. Is a, hey, 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 what's going on here? <laughs> so uh-huh. I'm going to drop this in the chat. And I, w- I want to know if you've seen this. Wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> what am I looking at here? So that is a stack of Bixonic Expandoras next to a little statue that belonged to Mr. Billy F. Gibbons. And for a time, now th- these other photos, he's actually got um, Zvex Nano heads. <laughs> but that first one with the statue thing, so he's got six Bixonic Expandoras. Okay. <laughs> and his guitar, I don't know if that is really what his signal was running through because in this, at this period, this is when Billy had a crate, uh, oh. deal going on and he played like crate full stacks, or at least that's what was on stage. I don't know if he was sneaking and using that JMP preamp in the back, but he had the, all these X Pandoras and they're all on and running together and next to them <laughs> is this statue with like a lizard head and a glass container with like a glass bottle inside it. And I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. This doesn't make any sense. So there's some other photos that you see where he's like got this in front of his amp and you can see it. That has the Zvex little amp heads though, which you can use as a pedal. So same idea. But this was in the, um, I guess in like the, like, the 2010, 12, 13, like era, like of ZZ Top. What? He did this. I have, I'm so confused by this. Okay. So it's unclear as to whether or not he was actually using this in his rig, correct? Well, Billy's so mysterious, but let's take it at face value. He's playing a Billy Bow Gretsch style guitar into six Bixonic X Pandoras into a crate tube head that's probably akin to a JCM 800 full stack, like multiple stacks sure. of this crate amplifier. So like at that, this is the rig and the, the cornerstone of it is this is the six Bix, uh, Bixonic next to the statue, which is just crazy. <sighs> maybe, maybe this is some kind of art thing that I'm not supposed to get, but I don't get it. Like, so apparently he used this. Um, (laughs) I mean, like (laughs) where, how on, okay. So here's a quote from guitar world, an interview. Um, uh, I'm trying to find the date on it, but it says you, uh, you use, this is what guitar world said. You use six Bixonic X pedals for distortion, which would seem to create a muddy mess. 
Do you set the levels differently on each one to create desired sustain while maintaining a cleaner distortion sound? And Billy says, you're correct. Combinations of multiple effects are manageable when using a slight edge from each, uh, which avoids the unwanted collision of tones. However, at this point, sometimes the grind of excessive noise becomes its own thing. Experiment, just not with your medication. <laughs> End quote. I don't buy it. I don't buy you it. Don't th- you think this was just a, a, a prop? I think it's a prop. Okay. I think it's a prop. I don't think this is actually in the rig, and I think it's it's out there to just confuse people like me. And if in that case, success. Great job, Billy. You've done it. I don't understand this at all. All right. So, I could I could maybe approach it from I could get it you know from the aesthetic angle of like maybe you have a few different pedals on the side or something like that. But uh, I don't know what I'm well, more confused by. The you sculpture. Can do this. Or the six of the same pedals stacked together. And if you look at the picture here, the first picture that you posted, I'm trying to look at the settings. It doesn't look like they're all just kind of set on the edge and then cascading into each other. It seems like they're kind of all over the place. Well, the Bixonic, so um, it's a unique thing. It's like, it was a really early boutique thing. And it's an an interesting circuit. JHS reproduced it in the kilt, which I really want. So Josh, if you're listening, I need to... We need to hit you up. Josh, we know you're listening. We know you're here. You're probably one of these people on the Patreon. You're using a different mm, uh, pseudonym. Probably Reverend Mountain or uh, one, of, one of these. Bo Barber. It's probably Josh. But inside the, the Xpandora is like little switches. So you can like choose the amount of gain. So you can actually use it as a boost. And so you could have like just boost, 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 which is like, you know, that's you could do that. Um, and, and oddly enough, uh, my friend Grant from Big Year made a pedal for Billy called the More More More, which was three clean boost um, stacked. It was a in three in one box, and they each had an on off switch and like little passive tone controls, and you could turn them all on to create like crazy distortion. Um, so I believe, I, you know, I think he might have done this. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. But Billy's one of those players, though, that like it kind of doesn't matter what he's running through or what he's doing. It always just sort of sounds the same. Right. To me. Yeah. It just sounds like Billy Gibbons. He, it's uh, switched the guitars playing different amps. He's using those Marshall preamp racks in the back. He might be using this thing and it all just kind of sounds like Billy Gibbons, which yeah. is not a bad thing. Not a dig. No, no. I mean like inevitably, I mean, don't you hope you always sound like yourself? And that was something, that's something I think we could talk about today. I had, I had a topic idea. Okay. But, um, but I mean, if, <laughs> what would you rate this rig? Like, let's, let's rate it at face value. The <laughs> Billy Bow style guitar, which is cool. Now that's cool. Like, that's, that's great. Sure. Sure. We haven't talked um, about the guitar. Uh, but like the, 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 the Bix, the, uh, Bixonic Expendora, that's hard to say. And, uh, the crate full stack. All right, let's talk about the crate full stack a little bit. All right, because this, why why crate? What what did he? I don't I don't know. Like he he went and had like a crate thing for like a minute. Why? Uh, I that doesn't make sense to me either. When was this? 2010? You said 11? This yeah. In the in the, I'm trying to find like when this happened. Okay, Um, so. Crate's one of those brands that, and maybe I'm just completely uninformed, but I, did they do anything 
good. <laughs> like for lack of a better <laughs> word, like the only crate stuff I know is like the, you know, practice amps and things like that, which are fine, you know, a little budget, mm-hmm. budget, solid state deals. But like what, what were they doing? Chivalry in the chat says they're Marshall amps with crate masks on. Oh, that might've been cause they we should, we should didn't. fact check that. Not Billy doubting has, chivalry, but uh, yeah. Billy has done similar things in the past. Um, uh, so you think it was a, a cash grab thing? He was like, a crate was like, oh, hey, we'll pay you a bunch of money to use crate amps on stage. He's like, yeah, yeah, sure. As long as I can, they can be marshals. And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. That's fine. You think it's <laughs> one of those deals? <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's, I'm going to post a link to this, this reverb listing. There was this, um, uh, this model that came out, I guess, around the same time. Uh, I'm trying to. Find oh, them. I remember these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the like VFX cool, V50 Billy Gibbons model. They had a cool look. You know, it was kind of right. like when everyone started doing that throwback thing. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know, like what the vibe was. But yeah, someone in the chat mentioned the blue voodoo, which uh, some of my friends back home always called the blue doo doo because they sounded so bad. <laughs> Funny. And we're children. That's funny. But I, I've never played a crate amp that I was like, oh, yeah, like, give me some of that. <laughs> I can't wait for oh, somebody Phillip to come. Oh, from the 40 Watt podcast had a V50. Please, 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 please. He said it was a su- surprisingly good sounding amp, but complete trash quality. So. not No surprise you know. there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Man. Okay. Well, but I mean, what would you rate this, rate this rig? Uh, all right. Okay. This is going to be a quick one this week. Okay. The only redeeming factor for me is the guitar. The yeah. rest of this rig is just a nightmare. And and look, I love Billy Gibbons, right? I, I, I love ZZ Top. I'm not as much of a ZZ Top fan as you are, admittedly, yeah. but I do love ZZ Top. This is this is a 3.2 shoils out of out of 10 for me. This is by <laughs> far the lowest the lowest of the low i don't get i don't get the big tron and maybe i'm not supposed to get it but right i don't get the stacking of the six same pedals i don't get the sculpture thing i don't get the crate amp deal and also if it is true that it's just remasked marshals that's kind of lame also so three yeah what i say 3.2 i might make it three, an even th- three uh, three oh shit. yeah this is okay. a three out of ten for me Ouch. Yeah. Um, I don't like the crate amps. Like, let's just say they're not rebranded marshals. They're just crates, um, which is hard to say. Like, I looked at some some other pictures, um, and, and and they look kind of like a, like a single channel or like a, a JCM eight hundred nine hundred sort of thing. Um, I'm I'm gonna give it a five though. I think it's <laughs> it's it's kind of cool, and I think if you we're patient. You could stack that many pedals and make it do something. But why though? Why? Why not? Right. Why? I mean, <laughs> why? Just, and know, then, and then, to not? what end? Because it's he still sounds like Billy Gibbons. Like it doesn't right. matter. It still sounds but, like Billy Gibbons. Because like I think this is the thing. It's like these people, you know, Billy and, and people who, um, you know, they're, they're artists. You know, like he has he he is like he has such personality and a character, you know, in like, why not? You know, <laughs> lots of people but, are artists, Zach. 
That's that's. But, but some artists are like really like out there on the, the you know the fringes of reality sort of thing, you know. So, but this isn't that. This is weird, that. though. It's yeah, and, but the same thing as last like week. It's little... not. It's not weird enough to be cool. <laughs> it's just in that that weird zone of like that's why are you doing that? Like, I do like the little statue thing. That yeah, okay, that's cool. Sure, sure. I, so. I, again, from a, an aesthetic point of view, I kind of get that, but. It, this is just not cool. I'm sorry. It's not cool. <laughs> in my opinion. I, I, hey, okay. I, remember, I only gave it a five. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Machetier in the chat's asking if he gets a one point Billy bump for my uh, my score, and that's with the one point Billy bump. So take that into consideration. <laughs> I think. Uh, oh man. Okay, this well, is good though. I like I like this. This send us find us some more just crazy out there rigs like this I, i'm into it because i want to see what people are doing right yeah maybe I mean, there's a go ahead oh no i was just gonna say if anyone like I, I think this is what i want people to create to send us like everything that's been <laughs> submitted so far like some people have like made some things and sent it and it's like it's not bad enough <laughs> yeah um or, or not bad enough just like it, it's not appealing to like really to you or really to me and i think we kind of have to remove like oh this like I can see where this is useful, but maybe we're derailing the dipped in or d- dipping your rig. I don't think bit. so. I mean, look, we can always go back to a normal uh, rig dipping, right? We don't have to yeah. completely abandon ship, but this is a, uh, this is a jollyment right here. Yeah. hundred percent. Wow. See, this is the, the idea is like, we need to either the, the ratings need to be on the extremes. It needs to be so out there that we're either like, holy shit, this is amazing, 10 out of 10, or what is this trash, 2 out of 10. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and the challenge well, is to find the rig to where you and I are on different ends of the spectrum. That's right. that's the real challenge. And if there is like any like crazy artist rigs, I mean, I don't want people like getting on Google and just like finding like a horrible guitar rig and sending it. Like, but you know, like, like RJ sending this, he was like, hey... <laughs> RJ might, RJ's the perfect guy to do this too. He might, he oh, might no. just need to be our rig curator for this segment now. Start yeah. bringing him in. He just like us needs more to do. <laughs> yeah. What was he, I mean, what is he doing? Just he's doing like two or three videos a day. It's not like he's got that much going yeah. on, you know. And oh, he just got yeah. off the road and with um, was it Corey Taylor? Yep. It's not like he's doing that much. I mean, come on, shredding, shredding, dude. It it made my heart happy to see the pictures of him out on stage doing that gig. Yeah. I was like. That, there he is. That's that is so just that is so great for RJ, man. I was really excited yeah. to see that. He just looks so cool. He does. <laughs> My God. RJ RJ's look is a level of cool that I will never, never understand. I'll never meet. I'll never get there. I'll never touch that level of um of coolness. Or guitar playing, frankly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a few of us will. Oh yeah. man. Well nice. I I had an, a thought for a topic. I, I posted like a um, a question on on Patreon uh, for topics, and a lot of people submitted things. But most of it was like asking about gear and things that I, I know I don't have, and I'm pretty sure you don't have. And so it, I feel like that's kind of a moot point for us to talk about stuff that we don't have experience with. Sure, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that do that, but I don't think that's you or I. Right. Um, but recently, I've been trying. To get out of the funk that I'm usually in when I leave work because, like, I'm bummed out because I don't feel like I've done enough. I'm bummed out because I'm not being creative. 
And then I'm bummed out because I got to sit in traffic for 45 minutes to an hour every afternoon. Yep. Uh, I've been trying to play more guitar and I've been going through like all my stuff, which, you know, I, I do. I like try to keep as many guitars out on the rack as possible. And recently, I, I'm just, I only want to play one guitar. I just want to play my, my TCS. Okay. And the, the thought and the question is, and I don't think we've talked about this, could you have just one guitar? Could you deal with just having one guitar and letting that be your instrument? Because, yes. okay. Cause that, yes. like, that's how I'm feeling right now. And, and, and I've, I've always wanted to like have a bunch of stuff like around, but the connection I feel with that gold TCS is so far and away higher than anything, any other instrument I've ever had a, you know, had in my possession. So uh, people in the chat, you should clarify. Um, isn't it distracting to play while you're driving? Play guitar? Yeah. No, I'm not playing guitar while I'm driving. Okay, good. You should you should clarify that for legal reasons, I feel like. So, so, no, no, so no. People in no. the when I get people home, listening at home are like, oh, I'm gonna start. Uh well Zach does it. Yeah. Dipped I mean, in tone you know, guys, they play when they drive. Yeah, I'm not no, I'm not I'm not playing guitar when I'm driving. I'm on Instagram like everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that do not say that somebody out there no, is no. gonna like yeah some legal no, no, legal troubles we can't deal with okay it's a good topic phone, though kids. so yeah. and this is this kind of gets into the um the keith williams five watt world school of thought right like how much is enough how much how many guitars do you need right so i definitely could do one guitar and i did for two years two and a half years um I've shown it on the show before. It's back in the closet right now, but my PRS CE 22, that mm-hmm. guitar, um, when I started music school back in 2010, I had my Taylor acoustic, my 110, which I still have and love. And then I had a Taylor T5 that when I started getting, it was like really getting into guitar, really falling in love with it. My parents uh, for Christmas one year bought me, it was when the T5 had just come out and we didn't know. I didn't know anything about guitars, really. Uh, and so in my mind, it was like, oh, it's perfect because it's an electric and it, it's an acoustic. You can do both, not realizing that it sucked at both. Um, <laughs> no offense to anyone has T5, but they're not great guitars. And um, and that's what that was my main guitar for years. And then when I went to music school, <laughs> I showed up to music school the first day at AIM. Super nervous, like kind of freaked out. And they made us get up on stage on the first day and play. And I plugged that T5 into a Marshall JCM 800. My first time playing a tube amp ever. Had never touched a tube amp in my life. Flipped it off standby and the amp just went. (laughs) And it was all the guitar would do. Like as soon as you turn the volume up, it was just just feeding back. And so I, uh, yeah, I went home. And literally was like, I can't use this guitar. <laughs> like, and I didn't have another electric. And so, um, I borrowed some money from my parents and bought that. It was, a, I, I don't know if it was used or not, but it was like 1800 bucks. I bought it. And, um, that's, that was my one guitar for two years. Went through music school through it. Um, no, for about a year actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For about a year. So wait, you had never played a tube amp before that? No. How how long had you been playing guitar? Six years, five years. Oh really? Yeah, I had a wow. I had a Vox Valve Tronics two twelve. 
So technically, that, that had a tube in it. In it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the Vox oh, Valvetronics. God. Like, I didn't know. This is where I was when I started music school. I didn't know why the amp had two switches, like why there were two power oh. switches. Right. And I, the only reason I knew to flip it off standby was I'd watched other people go up on stage before me and do it. And I was like, oh, there's something to this. I have to flip this other switch to get it to sound, make sound. <laughs> right. Um, Man. Well, that that's interesting because I remember like just real quick, just talking about like first tube amp experiences. <laughs> My first tube amp was a crate. Uh, and it was a hybrid Full circle. <laughs> uh, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, so I had a, I, have, I had a, like a PV backstage and I wanted a bigger amp. And so I took it back to the music store where I bought it and they had like this, it was old. It was like a hybrid two, it had a tube pre, it was all tube preamp, the power, the solid state power amp, like a, like a, like a music man amp or whatever. Right. And, um, I traded for it and it was, it was pretty horrible. But I played it for years, and then I got a PV Classic 30, and that was like pretty quick. And then after that, I was like, oh, I'm just a tube amp guy. Um, yeah, I should clarify anyway. for the chat, because people are, yes, technically the Valvetronics had a tube in it, or a tube preamp in it. But yeah, I would not call a Valvetronics a tube amp. No. Please don't. <laughs> let's not go down that road today. It had a tube with an LED behind it to make it look like it was lit up. <laughs> oh, man, it's um, glowing. That, the tone is so warm. Look at it. You can feel, feel the heat. You can feel up. it, man. Feel that warmth, that tube warmth. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, but, um, but, yeah, dude, yeah. I think, uh, <clears throat> in fact, so today we're working on my, my next video course right now. And, um, God, Scratchy throat. I need to drink some water. Um, and we were working on it, and I've been kind of switching between a few different guitars. the The course is a um, little self shill here. The course is like a guitar fundamentals course, so it's mm-hmm. going to be a long video course for basically anybody and everybody, whether you're a complete beginner or you've been playing for years and you have some like holes in your guitar sort of knowledge and theory knowledge and stuff, and you kind of want to just get all the fundamentals down. That's sort of the idea behind the course. Should be out in August. Cell shill. But anyway, we've been um, bouncing between a few different guitars, and I've been playing my Saris T a lot mm-hmm. in the course. And um, this is one guitar that I could get away with, this being my only guitar. Like, Really? Yeah. It's, I don't see you play that one that much. I know. I, I play it at home a lot. Um, but this is one of my best-sounding guitars i mean listen how loud that is like yeah um the pickups sound amazing this is absolutely one guitar that you could have to do everything with what about you though could you get away with just one guitar yeah 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 i mean like the the tcs is it's just me and that's the thing that's been so nice about trying to actually take at least 30 minutes every day to play um which is for some, I mean, that sounds so little, but for someone who's spent the past like I don't know, three or four years like expanding his guitar collection, but spending less and less time enjoying it because of like work, um, it's a lot. Like it's a lot, and I can already tell my playing has improved and everything. My creativity has improved uh, on the instrument just from you know uh, kicking the dust off. But the TCS is just like and and. and let it be known, we are not just shilling for Novo. Uh, <laughs> sorry, the background behind me would, would scream otherwise. 
but like regardless of who made that guitar when you have a guitar that you connect with that makes you play better and inspires you to go places you didn't know you were going you were going to go to and you didn't know you could go to Mm. that's what it's all about and yeah like but but all my novos do that to an extent just because i feel like when i found that brand it's it's like you know someone find like finally playing a strat for the first time realizing that's that's the connection they needed to the instrument mm-hmm. like that that's how i feel about these but the tcs is just like it's exactly how i hear myself so and and i'm kind of surprised to hear you say that you could do it because like i feel like now you have so much more ground to cover as as not only you know doing what you do you know online but as a professional musician you know I know, and I know, like there are limitations. Like you physically can't do an entire gig if you have like a slide open tuning song. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, it's not there's possible. Some some logistical limitations there, right? Like, um, right. To, but I have played gigs before where I've tuned between songs between standard and, and open E. Oh, it man. sucked. <laughs> it, it made the show worse because people had to like cover while I was sitting there, like. <laughs> You know, it takes like two or three minutes and then the guitar is not in tune anyways. But just from the philosophical point of view of like one guitar. Yeah, I think, I think I could. Um, and, and I even, you know, I talk about my Saris J all the time. That's like my, my number one, but any of the guitars. So my rack that sits next to my desk here, this is like my first, first string, you know, these are, these are my guitars basically. And uh, any of these, my 335, my Saris J, my Les Paul, the Wide Sky, like any of those are great candidates for one guitar to play every day. And they're all different, but there is a huge advantage. There's a huge advantage to spending most of your time on one guitar or one style of guitar. I mean, look at Tomo Fujita. Dude, Dude is a Strat guy. Right, and he yeah. understands that guitar inside and out, and he knows how to play to that sound. Right. right. You can tell he's a strat guy, especially a clean strat guy, because he he loves the middle pickup. And I feel like yeah. people like me that are just occasional strat people, we don't spend a lot of time on the middle pickup of a strat. I, but. I, when I kind of dis- – I know it sounds stupid, but when I discovered the middle pickup, I was like, oh, this is the sound that so many people – we're using because like you can't get that sound with any other i mean you kind of can't but it's like that it's so specific to the stratocaster and strat style guitars it's like yeah just the middle pickup nothing else will do that yeah yeah so what's a candidate for you as like so you said your tcs but what to you would make a guitar because i don't i don't think i could do um like an i'm not a big hss strat person right so to me that wouldn't be a guitar that i could play every day now that might surprise some people because the hss is like a super versatile guitar and for a lot of people that would be a guitar they could play every day but what's for you like the one or a style of guitar that's one to play every day well i think the thing that that i find whenever i really connect to an instrument is is like it has its own character and some of those guitars that that can do so much like they do, you know, they're a jack of all trades, master of none. I mean, and some of them are great. You know, I'm not saying that every, you know, super strat style thing with an 
infinite number of pickup combinations is not great, but I feel like the limitations of having a three-way toggle and a volume and tone and two pickups and that's it, that can't be tapped or whatever, it just kind of makes you use the guitar and it doesn't get in your way. Um, yeah. And I feel like having all that stuff, it, it it's just like having a huge pedal board that you don't need. It's yeah. like, if you only use an overdrive, why have six? You know, right. just find the thing that works for you and then play because there's so much you can do with just your hands. And that I feel like, I mean, I, I think the world has come around to that because of the internet and YouTube. It's like we're starting to understand all of the dynamic control that you can have as a player and, and your guitar has. But um, the air conditioner just went off and it's really quiet in here now. <laughs> um, freaked me out for a second. Um, yeah, I'm in one of those uh, those chambers where you can hear your stomach, you know, and stuff. Oh, yeah. Anechoic um, chamber. Yes. But I, I think that's the thing. I mean, what do you think? Yeah. I think... I think there's this idea that we can fall into as guitar players. We're just human beings. The, the, the idea of gas, you know, gear acquisition syndrome where it's like, Oh man, I want this. Cause I want that sound. I mean, we talk about it on the show all the time. Right. Mm. But I think there comes a point where you have to realize that the guitar or the amp. Yes. It absolutely has an influence on how you play and it has a big influences influence on the choices that you make. But at the end of the day, it's still you using the tool. And the tool might change a little bit of, of how you approach, you know, the the work, so to speak. But at the end of the day, it's still your ideas and it's still your voice coming through the tool. And having a bunch of different guitars is not necessarily going to make you more creative or make you... It's not going to write better songs. In fact, I saw... Um, what's his name? Uh, Phineas, uh, Billy Eilish's brother who produces all her stuff. Amazing producer. I'm a big fan of his, his stuff. I follow him on Twitter and he tweeted the other day, uh, and I retweeted it. He said, um, a, a nice guitar doesn't write better songs. Mm. It's like, yeah, true. you're absolutely right. A nice guitar doesn't this guitar, just because it's a nice boutique, you know, $2,500 thing this is not more capable of writing a better song than a three or $400 Strat copy. Right. Not what it's about. To that end though, there is this idea and I, I tend to disagree with it. Um, that people say like, I want a guitar that's hard to play or I have to fight. Oh, I can, yeah, I'm, I'm not that way either. I'm not into that. Like the oh, idea yeah. that like, like, Oh, you have to, you have to like coax something out of it. No, it should coax something out of you. It's like, the Jack I mean, White school of thought, you know? Right. And, and, but like, you I mean, love or hate Jack White? Like, he's not that great of a guitar player. He's an interesting guitar player. And he comes up with stuff that is definitely not the norm. But I mean, hell, he switched to playing like the freaking uh, Van Halen Ernie Ball uh, or whatever. Yeah, the EDH to- thing. Yeah. And I mean, like, those are. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, lo- those are so easy to play. It's like it's the complete antithesis <laughs> to those airlines and all those shitty catalog guitars he was playing. It's like, yeah. I mean, and he still sounds like him, and he's still creative. So I think that whole idea, you know, like I like the idea of a guitar that gives back, that pushes you back, you know, with like your string gauge or the you know the scale length and stuff. And I don't, I don't think that is necessarily a guitar that's hard to play. But I think a lot of people hear that and think, oh a guitar that actually is hard to play like those catalog guitars or whatever, 
is going to make me be more X or whatever. And that's, I don't think that's true at all. It's like the idea of having a certain typewriter is going to make a person write a better story. Right. It's the same kind of thing. It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> right. I, I don't, I don't see it that way, but you know, the flip side is that, I mean, yeah, these are tools. The guitars are tools. Amps are tools. Pedals are tools. And there are certain things that you just can't do without certain tools. Um, in fact, my shill of the week is, is kind of an example of that. Like it, it's a certain type of thing that, uh, you know, it, it's going to help me create a sound that I couldn't get on my own without doing that thing, without using that specific tool. Right. Mm. Just like a guitar builder who wants to have a specific type of cut or specific type of finish where it wants the guitar to perform a certain way is going to have to use a specific set of tools to do that. And sure you could accomplish, you could get to that same end result, you know, many, many different ways. But at the end of the day, it's about what the guitar player wants or the guitar builder wants their vision and how they go about doing it. It doesn't matter if Dennis Fano, you know, hand carved this out of a blank piece of wood with, you know, a, a router and chisel and everything, or if they use the CNC to do it, it's still the guitar, right? This is, right. this is a CNC guitar. This is a quote unquote machine made or whatever guitar. And it's um, unbelievable, unbelievable. Right. So yeah. Um, did you, did you like your driftwood guitar? <laughs> I, I never do. heard like, I, I, I mean, I heard you talking about how it looked and stuff, but I didn't know how it played. Yeah, and sounded. yeah. Let me grab it real quick. Actually, we can talk Ooh. about that for a second. Um, stand by. Hold on. I gotta unplug. Goes into Narnia. Okay, now I can hear. Okay. That's going to be an edit point, I think. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just grabbed it. The Driftwood, the Tidal Caster. Yeah. Um, and look at that top. Yeah, it's 3D. Like popping out at you, man. It's like jump through the screen. Look at that. <laughs> man, it's God. like looking into a, an amber ocean. <laughs> Good God almighty. Um, yeah, so this guitar... And I told Chris this, Chris Alvarado, the builder. Um, for those of you that don't know, we've talked about it on the show the past couple of weeks, but just up speed. Chris is a longtime friend. I've known him since I was 16. He's a luthier. He's an acoustic guitar builder that's known for building insane guitars. His company's called Driftwood. And earlier this year, he decided he wanted to start building electric guitars, and he wanted me to have the first one um, as a way to kind of beta test and tell him what needs to change because he's not an electric builder. Uh, and with, with that in mind, uh, he really knocked it out of the park for his first guitar. Um, it's a, it's a telly shape. It's a little bit different than a telly. The top one's different. They brought the waist in a little bit. The bottom doesn't go completely flat here. So it's, it's telly esque, uh, Lawler pickups, Lawler P90, Lawler bridge, not lots of nice little details here. Like the control plate is mounted flush with the top. Oh, which I, I see really, that. that's a nice, nice little touch. And then the back is not gloss. It's a ceruse. 
finish, kind of similar to what Novo does, but he did a, a matte finish on the back. It huh. feels super nice back here, actually. Um, and then his neck joint right here, which we talked about, the dog bone neck joint. Mm-hmm. Now, also look at that neck. This yeah. bird's eye. So the most controversial thing about this guitar is there's no truss rod. Right. Yeah. Um, this has a carbon D-tube that was designed by uh, the designer and creator of Parker Guitars. Sure, yeah. I can't remember his first name. The Dave I Parker? I can look. I know that. Sorry. Producer. Somebody in the chat can correct me. Um, but it's a carbon fiber D, a hollow tube that runs pretty much the length of the neck. Um, Ken, and so Ken far, Parker. Ken Parker. That's it. Sorry, Ken. Uh, so far, this neck has not moved. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly does he, straight. Does he put rods in his acoustics? Truss rods? Yeah. Okay. He does. Cool. On his acoustic, he does a truss rod and then two carbon rods down the side as well. So why did he not on the electric? I'm not sure. I think he okay. just wanted to do something different. <laughs> sure. Well, I- <laughs> so it's a controversial thing. People on the... Uh, on the comments of his videos about building this guitar were either like thought it was a cool thing or they thought it was the worst idea ever. And he was an idiot for doing it. But I, I don't know if I mentioned last time, but there's a photo of uh, Leo Fender and there's like two office chairs and he's got a neck like, uh, but like with a headstock and the heel on one on, on different chairs and he's standing in the middle of it. And it doesn't have a truss rod. Um, <laughs> And so, like, that's, I don't, I think it's totally fine, but like, you have to be someone who understands wood and how it's, you know, the grain of it and, you know, how it's going to move or not move to do something yes. like that. You can't just have like any, anybody ordering a neck blank and say, I'm just right. not going to put a truss rod in it. Right. And Chris is one of those guys. Like, he is, he is the type of guy that understands. I mean, again, if you go look at his acoustics that he builds mm-hmm. and you hear them, they have a sound, oh. they have a, a really nice, polished sound to them. Um, that kind of fits their aesthetic, you know, but they, uh, the guy knows how to build a guitar. I mean, he just, he just does. Oh, there's that picture. Robert Dudley in the chat just dropped it. Oh yeah. So it wasn't actually Leo, but he had one of his employees stand on it. I feel like there's a picture of him doing it too, but yeah. Right. It's fantastic. You know, there's a couple things that needs to change on this thing. And I told, I told Chris this, um, the first thing is the edge of the fingerboard here. It's, Mm. it is a hard, flush crisp 90 degree angle um and this was interesting this is one of those points where it was the difference between an acoustic builder and an electric builder i think uh, because what he told me is like oh on his acoustics people want that you know that's a that's a point that his his clients and, and, and his customers want which is a nice sharp edge of wood hmm. uh where the the neck carve meets the fingerboard and it's it's perfect his fret work is super dialed in each fret end is nice and polished uh, they're all consistent, but as an electric player and as someone who's wrapping their hand around the top of the neck all the time, like I am, that's a little uncomfortable. I don't right don't love that as much. Um, the other thing that needs to change is making the neck pocket a little bit deeper. You can probably see there a little bit how right. how high up the. Uh, let me see if I can get that to focus. Um, yeah, please focus. I can see that. Anyways. Yeah, so the neck is sitting a little high in the pocket, which means uh, these saddles are are kind of high. So I was like, yeah, maybe on the neck one, on the next one, you need to drop that neck pocket a couple of millimeters um, to drop it down. But <laughs> everything else, man, it sounds really, really good. And he uh, 
he did a great job on it. Nice. Well, yeah, I was curious about that. Well, hey, last thing before we wrap up, do you want to get someone in for tone talk? Yeah, let's let's try our uh, our car talk ripoff segment here. <laughs> Guitar talk. Uh, let's see. Tone, so we got some people hanging out. Here's how this is going to work. Um, this is for our patrons who are listening in live. There is a, a private little uh, stage happening on the Discord server. And uh, we're going to have, you know, maybe we'll, we'll do, what do you want to say? One question, two questions? Let's try two. We're, we're, okay. we're getting to the end here, but yeah. So whoever's first, go ahead and raise your hand and I'm going to add you to the thing. And <laughs> Zach, you may or may not be able to hear. You know what you should do on Discord? Uh, join the, join yeah. the channel. Okay. I am in there. All right, great. So you can hear. All right. We got Bum Force up first. It's my favorite name. <laughs> I love it. So All right. Oh, Bum Force, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Uh, first time, long time. Thank you for catching my call. <laughs> nice. Long time, first time. Love it. Um, so I got a question, maybe more for Zach. Um, I got a couple of pedals that I kind of want to rehouse and kind of mess with. Um, and I want to know if that is something a, someone who has no experience with pedals, uh, very little with soldering can do, mm-hmm. or should I just not even bother with it? It depends on the pedal. Uh, if you want to try rehousing it, the thing you have to consider, um, is oftentimes like you look at something like a boss pedal or an Ibanez pedal or something like that. Um, and you think, oh, this will fit in a normal size like box. But then when you take the pedal apart, it will not fit because it's made to that enclosure. So it, it totally depends. Um, most of the time, if it's with something that's on the more affordable end of the spectrum, it's often a real bear to get the jacks off if they're mounted to the circuit board. Um, difficult to true bypass. So you just kind of have to replace the switch with a normal soft touch switch. But the first thing you have to do is just see if it will fit in a normal size box and then go slow. It's definitely a measure twice drill once sort of thing Buy a set of digital calipers, get some nice rulers and uh, straight edges and stuff like that. And um, give a, get yourself a real plan of attack and then, you can you can probably do it, but d- careful consideration on the jacks and stuff because if they are mounted to a circuit board, it's going to be a nightmare. I, I unless you have a desoldering gun or something like I have, but that's like a three hundred dollar piece of equipment. Nice. All right. Cool. Next up, we got uh, Raymond Forbes. Raymond, you're live on the air. What's your question? Hello. Um, so my question is about recording. And I was, I think you said something on Instagram a few days ago, a couple weeks ago, I can't remember how long ago it was. But basically you don't, um, you, you craft your sound before you record it. You don't add effects in post. Yeah. Which I feel people now, they actually do add effects in post. They just send in either just the DI or they send in the, the distorted tone and then add things like delay and reverb and things like that in post. Not doing that, which is kind of what I'd like to do, but I get I'm a little, how do you deal with the, if you're over tracking and things like that, how does it not get just super muddy if you've got like three tracks of a reverb coming through? Yeah, so you, you there's a couple of thought processes that I think of behind that. Um, so to keep it from getting muddy, you just don't use that much reverb, or at least I try not to. So if I've got, 
you know, two tracks or three guitar tracks going on. Um, maybe two of those three tracks are dry. They don't really have anything happening on them. Uh, or if they do, it's a more subtle kind of effect. As far as the workflow thing, I, I like to commit to, to a sound, um, while I'm tracking because for me, it's just, it's part of the creative process. The idea that I come up with in the time and the moment is based around the sound that I'm getting in that moment. And I don't feel the need to go back and reamp or change a delay or change a reverb because knowing me, I would never finish anything. I would just always be tweaking and trying to find the next best thing. And I'd never get anything done, but that works for some people. Some people, they like to work that way. And that's, that's totally cool. Um, now in terms of like the other side to think about it is the type of tone that you're using. So if you're using a pretty heavy distorted guitar tone, for example, yeah, I probably will use a, an effect in post. So if I've got like a crazy fuzz sound that I want, um, or I'm pushing an amp really, really hard to where the amp is getting most of my distortion, but I want a clean reverb sound or a clean delay sound, then I'm going to use a reverb or delay after the amp, usually in my DAW in Luna. I'll use one of the, you know, like a uh, UA delays or something on a, on a bus. So I'm bussing my guitar track to that reverb bus or to that delay bus so that I can use the fader control for that bus to control how much delay or reverb is blended in along with the guitar track that I'm doing. But then even then, like once, once I've made that decision for, for whatever effect I'm using, it's done. Oftentimes I'll either print it, which means I just record that effect to a track. So it lives as an audio track or I'll just leave it alone and not tweak it again. But it's just a creative thing for me. It's a workflow thing. Do you like, um, does your workflow change at all when you're using something like a modeler, like your Helix or a Kemper versus just using a uh, real amp? Yeah. Yeah. That if I'm using like an, the Axe effects or the Helix, then I'll usually do the reverb in the unit itself, but I'm still using the same kind of thought process, which is like putting the reverb block or the, the delay block or whatever after my amp and cabinet simulation, because then it's going to be, if I'm using a, uh, a super heavy tone, if I'm using something that's clean or edge of breakup, then I'll probably just use a pedal going into the front end of it. Cause I like what the preamp and the tone stack is doing to the sound of the delay and the reverb itself. But it just depends, man. I'm guessing you also don't ever actually send your stuff out to a, a mixing mastering engineer who would complain about such a thing. Um, no. And, and I think most mixing and mastering engineers wouldn't complain about that. I mean, if you were, if you did have effects tracks, like bus tracks, you know, you were going to send to mastering, then it depends on the mastering engineer and, and what you're paying them to do. If they're, if you're going to send them just like a two mix, right. Just a stereo track that they're going to take and, and do some final processing on, or if you're going to send them stems and have them do some kind of final mixing and level adjustment and things like that. If you're sending them stems, then I would print the effects um, and, and essentially, cause as the producer, you're the one making that creative choice as to what type and how much of the effect you're using. It's not up to the mastering engineer, I think, to make that decision. So yeah, I'd print everything and then send it to the mastering engineer. Well, thank you very much. Nice. Cool. Well, there it was. That's uh, guitar, 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 guitar. <laughs> I like tone talk. Is that taken? I feel like it might be. It seems it too be good taken. to not be. 
Yeah, it, it might be taken. Um, but you know, it's it's a it's a segment. Somebody somebody in the chat or in the uh, in the comments can give us a name. Oh, is it? I wonder if the Tone Talk guys will take issue with this. Okay, so it it is a thing. Oh, it is man. a thing. Yeah, with oh, Dave Friedman well. and yeah. Oh, all right. Guitar. Here's the thirty years of like guitar talk. <laughs> is guitar talk a thing? Guitar talk. I don't like how that. It's like it just sounds like one sloppy long word. Guitar talk. Guitar talk. All right. Guitar well, talk. we'll figure something out. We'll come up with it. You ready for the uh, shill of the week? I'm not, but I have. I can make it. All right, you grab yours because I got to grab mine too. Okay, I grab mine. Wait, let me let me do this. Let me grab mine. This will be another edit point because I want to see yours. So hold on. Oh no! All my cords are tangled. All right. Oh my gosh. Okay. You ready? Ready. Who goes first? You go first. Okay. So, have I shown this? No. So, this is a cloud lifter. Um, this is something I use to make my microphone work for this. <laughs> <laughs> because if you're not familiar, this is basically like a, I think it's like 38 clean dB or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just clean uh, volume that you can put on pretty much any microphone. Well, dynamic phantom pow- uh, well, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, any dynamic mic, and you send phantom power to this, and it gives you a lot of volume, so you can actually use it for stuff like this SM7B for talking into, because this is not really made for that. Yeah, yeah, the SM7 is notoriously gain gain hungry. Um, yeah, and most typical preamps kind of struggle to get the the SM7 up to snuff without adding a lot of noise, without raising your noise floor. Yeah, so I've never talked about it, and that has been something since I started using this that I had to use, but it's great, and I think it's they're pretty cheap, and now a lot of people are making stuff like that. I remember when I got it, it was like the only game in town, but now there's a few people making something like that, and it's just like a worthy addition to your arsenal of tools, I think. Yeah, and they're great for ribbons, too. Um, if you've yeah. got a ribbon mic that you're trying to talk into and you're, you know, struggling to get your gain up. Yeah. Royer makes yeah. one now for like the 121, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just like a super clean inline boost. I have one that's the uh, variable uh, impedance, the Z model. Yeah. It's super cool, man. Yeah. I, I, I bought that when I bought a, I bought a Cascade Fathead and um, got that with it for just goofing off around the house and then like never did anything. We did use the Fatheads at Carter. And uh, after I left, I took mine because I was like, I'm not leaving this here. Right. And um, they got their own. And occasionally you'll see them and they're like this on a speaker. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, guys, what, what are you doing? What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> they're just trying to spread the ribbon out across the speaker, you know? They're trying to get a wide. sag a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man. What, what's, your, what's your shield? So I did a little shopping in Nashville last week. Oh. And I bought two pedals. No. Oh. I'm going to show one this week and the other one next week. Um, but this, I bought <gasps> Be Still My Beating Heart. Mm. So Copper Sound and Third Man uh, were one of the few booths actually at NAMM. I think I talked about last week. I got to play Jack's 
actual Raconteur's guitar, the triple jet. Yep, yep. Oh boy. I was having a moment with that guitar. Um, and yeah, the Copper Sound guys were there and it was really cool. Their booth was set up in a way that showed the entire like creation process of this pedal. They had the original like uh, breadboard there. Then they had the prototypes that Jack actually took out on tour. One, they had the early arm design here that he destroyed because I guess he was stomping on it too hard. But this is a really interesting pedal. Um, it is a digital octave up and octave down pedal. So here's the octave downside. Here's the octave upside, as denoted by the arrows here. Yeah. And then you have a multifunction switch in the middle, which can do a couple of different things. It can kill your dry signal, so it's just octave up and octave down. It also has an effects loop, so you can loop in a fuzz or a reverb or modulation or distortion or just about anything that'll take an instrument level. Um, and then you can control it on this foot, foot switch if you so choose. So you can do interesting things like step on these two at the same time and get the killed dry, kill your dry signal, engage the effects loop and give you an octave down. Or you can do the same thing with the octave up or you can just have the octave down with your dry signal. It's a really interesting pedal. Um, it yeah. looks super rad and they had just gotten these back in stock at third man. And I looked on reverb and, People are selling these for some, or asking some crazy prices for these right now. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the, the, I, yeah. The Copper Sound guys came to the shop on Monday. Yeah, so we got super to hang nice out guys. and They brought one. Yeah, they're the best. They're great. Yeah. Um, so that's so, awesome. Yeah, paid paid full price for it. Also, it was funny at Third Man. They um, in the display case, like where you check out, in the very bottom of the case, you, you've seen it might get loud. Mm-hmm. All right, so I love that documentary. It's like one of my favorite movies of all time. And you know the the opening scene where Jack White like takes a board and like that's in the display case that like ah. the handmade guitar thing. So again, I was kind of just having a moment like because for me that's when that movie came out. That's part of what made me decide that I wanted to be a guitar player and play music full time was the first time I saw that movie and was just blown away. So it was yeah. kind of a moment for me. I saw it sitting in the display case and was like just a little little tear. <laughs> into my eye man every time um sound that i watch the sound city documentary i think i've wasted my entire life not recording music mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know hey, man. I've, I've not not recorded a lot of music and i haven't listened to that the freaking npr car show and you know i, I, I haven't am lived. heart i'm heartbroken that you still don't know and that you were you are talking shit I wasn't talking talk. shit. No, no, no. I'm not talking shit. I'm just I, saying, like, I don't care enough to, like, I just God. don't care. And, like, that's the thing. And, like, uh, I feel like How? we need more of this in the world. Like, you don't have to like everything. <laughs> <sighs> you don't even have to be receptive to it. I'm not, I'm not pooping on it. I just think... <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> it, isn't it funny how, like, say, shitting on it this sounds normal when I say <laughs> poop? It's funny. Poop. It's like, oh, man, that's funny. Um, well, you know, well, I, there you go, everyone. Uh, Sorry. Ah. Ah. You are going to go to CME next week, though, yeah? Yeah. And oh, just to wrap things up so everyone knows, I'm going to pick out your guitar. And so you know, too. I'm going to pick out your oh. guitar and you can just reimburse me later. So oh, there we go. Is that what's happening? If Okay. <laughs> Do I have a say in the guitar or are you just going <laughs> to no. get it? Okay. I, no, you leave it to me. I got this. Okay. Okay. Zach, you know, I have to pay for this. There's so many things around this house that I have to pay for. I have to buy a fence. It's fine. Just get another credit card. 
that's what I'll do. <laughs> okay, great. That's all. Have, did, have you? Okay. We'll talk about this no. offline. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See y'all. Bye, everybody.